Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Friday, it's favourite day of the week in my book. Anyway, with the weekend looming and the weather absolutely gorgeous for the next number of days into next week. I was watching Audrey McGrath in a bright yellow dress there on the uh, weather on RTE, smiling from ear to ear. It must be lovely when you can give a forecast like that for days to come. Oh, get out and enjoy it because we've been under such a shadow with the weather. I think back to last October, in my opinion. Today on the show, usual Friday features. We have your book club with Irene Gahan. Great recommendations. Rick Cronje's here with the wines this Friday and we've sport with David Sheehan your TV theme competition and some comedy too and more besides 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us on the show but we begin today with a bugbear for so many people health insurance millions of people have health insurance others don't they manage in different ways but anyway news in the last couple of days that Irish Life are going to increase their premiums again it's the second since the start of the year on average jump a family policy 160 to 220 euro which means with the January increase on top of that the one that's happened already a family policy could climb by over 400 euro it's a huge amount of money the man we always talk to when it comes to health cover joins me on the line from totalhealthcover.ie. Dermot, good. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. Dermot, um, one rise was uh, stiff enough, two now from Irish Life Health. What's driving this? Yeah, now I don't want to spoil people's weekends now, Jerry. right? And right. Of course, but I suppose we, we do need to give people the, the, the breakdown of this. We weren't expecting this second increase to come through uh, so soon. We, we we did see all the insurance companies go up at the start of the year. And that, to be honest with you, wasn't surprising because we saw you know a huge return to, to hospital activity. A lot of people who deferred treatment or cancelled treatment and um, we're now going, we're, I suppose, we're happy to go back in and get those treatments. So claims were definitely on the increase. And that's why all the premiums went up early in the year. We did hear soundings from the insurers that the volume and the cost of claims was way in excess of what they, they budgeted for, even in January, and that there could need to be further increases. But we really weren't expecting that till later in the year, uh, whereas Irish Life have now come out to say they have to increase their rates again from the 1st of July by the average of 5%. Now, a few things on this, Jerry. Um, anybody who is already renewed, so if you just renewed, let's just say today, or, or you're renewing in June, you will not be affected by this July increase until next year. Okay, okay. so that's the first thing. Mm. The second thing is, you know, you could be lucky and some of the lower plans, or they do have, there's a small number of their 100 or so plans that are going up by a much smaller percentage. So you could be lucky that you mightn't be hit by a huge increase but a lot of people now are going to see a double-digit increase in, in their premium. And, and all I would say to your listeners is that, look, just don't accept that. Simple as that. And it just means that, you know, I know it's, it's a huge issue for people shopping around, but now you have to do it. You, nobody should absorb that level of increase. And there are some new plans with Irish Life. Like, like here's the crazy thing. They have these new plans called Health Guide, really good schemes. They didn't go up in January. And they're only going up by about 2.5% in July. So you might actually, believe it or not, be able to get a better deal, maybe pay less than you paid last year and still stay with the same insurer. But but if you don't, if you can't find something with them, it does mean that you, you do need to shop around. And there's plans to suit everybody. But the, the other, I suppose, worrying thing with this, Jerry, is we saw what happened in January. And shortly afterwards, VHI followed suit mm. by a similar percentage, as did Leia. So the real worry now is that you know, and to be fair to VHI and Leia, they have said nothing. There's no indication that they are going to do this. 
But the concern is that rather than waiting till later in the year, might they follow suit with something similar? And now we could all be facing, you know, two increases across each of the insurance companies. So the, the bad old days of double digit increases, unfortunately, on health insurance, which, you know, we haven't seen for the last four or five years, they are now absolutely back with us. And it is really based on claims. It would nearly defy logic if it doesn't apply to the others sooner rather than later. I hear what you're saying there, but good advice on those health guide plans to check those out. But here's something I wanted to ask you, right? Say somebody now is at the limit. They just really can't push it that bit extra and they may have to let go come end of the policy. What do you say to a thought process like that of actually stopping your private health insurance and what implications has that for the future if you want to take out a policy again? Yeah, so Jerry, what I would say to everybody, um, so a lot of people now are going to come under pressure to renew their premium because of these increases right across all three insurers. And by the way, I should say, even though the average with VHI and with Leia um, was 5%, people need to be very careful of these averages. Some VHI plans went up 7.5%. Some Leia plans on the 1st of April already went up 10%. So, you know, I would always say to people, always exhaust or always check out all the, the cost-saving tactics before you look to cancel your cover. And, and Jerry, there's loads of things that people can do to basically reduce the cost. So, you know, one of the things is straight away, you should phone your existing insurer um, and simply say to them, Tell them you can't afford this. And by the way, tell them what you can afford. Tell them your budget. So if the premium was 2,000 and it's now gone to 2,500, um, but you can still afford 2,000 euro, tell them I have 2,000. That's my maximum budget. Now, show me the closest equivalent plan that you have that's equivalent to what I currently have. And, you know, there might be minor changes, but, but put the onus on them to find those plans for you. But I would say to anybody now who's either thinking of joining or thinking of reducing or maybe thinking of cancelling, decide what your budget is, how much can you afford, and phone. start with your existing insurer and phone them up and give them the budget and tell them, I want you to find me the closest plan to what I have, but it must fit that budget. And if they can't find something that does that, then you go to the other two insurers and repeat the exercise. Now, there's loads of advisors, Jerry, around the country that will, will help people with this, but there's simple tactics like splitting your cover you know, where you put maybe children on a much lower plan, taking on a small excess uh, for private hospitals only, that could knock 10 to 20% off your bill. If you're paying more than €1,850 per adult, or if you're on the same plan for five years or more, I would say to anybody now who fits those criteria, you are overpaying by probably €500 per adult straight away, ignoring the price increases. So you're on a really old plan. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the amount of people, particularly older people, who are afraid to change, which I fully understand, and they are overpaying probably by 500 to 1,000 euros. The older the plan, um, Jerry, the more they're overpaying. But, you know, if somebody is really, let's just say somebody has already exhausted all those tactics and now they have no option, they can't afford the renewal and they have to cancel. Unfortunately, Jerry, there isn't really another viable alternative. There are other plans out there. There are these cash plans from HSF Health Plan these are medical cash plans. They are very, very good, by the way. I have one myself and my family, but they only cover your outpatient expenses. And um, there also are dental plans from the likes of D-Care Dental, fantastic schemes, and they're very low cost and very affordable. I think VHI have some of those plans as well. But if somebody cancels their health insurance, there's two things they need to bear in mind. If their policy lapses by more than 13 weeks, when they go to rejoin again, They'll be treated as a brand new member, and if they have existing conditions, they will not be covered for five years. So that's a real, you know, that's a real issue for people. And the second thing is, if you are over 34 and you cancel your cover, when you go to rejoin down the road, you could be affected by these age loadings that they brought in in 2015, where basically older people pay more for taking out health insurance. Now you will get credit for previous cover, but I would say to any of your listeners right now, you know, please don't cancel your cover without engaging with your insurers and without exhausting every other option available to you before you cancel. Because unfortunately, Jerry, I'd love to say to people that look, the public system is turning a corner and it's improving, and you know, but it's not. And that's the reality, it's, it's, it's not. Despite the best efforts of everybody you know, in that sector. So you know, if you want to have, we always describe health insurance with two words. I mean, one is access and the other is choice. So if you want to be able to get in quickly to get whatever it is done, 
um, you need private health insurance um, because you want to go to the private hospitals. And if you want to select your hospital, select your doctor, select when you go in, select your time of admission, you know, maybe if you're self-employed or you have to balance family and work and so on, unfortunately, you need good health insurance cover. So uh, this is going to really impact on a lot of consumers. And I have huge sympathy for people who are maybe barely hanging on to their health insurance and they've seen all their other insurances and all the utilities go through the roof. Unfortunately, now health insurance is now, let's just say, part of that. And it's, it's going to be a real problem for a lot of consumers, especially later in the year when about a million people come up for renewal. I hear what you're saying, and I'm sure listeners do too, to try to hang in there if you can by shopping round, by looking at the plans, by putting your budget to them as well. Just state that figure again. If you're on 1850 if, if it's costing you more than that on your existing plan as an adult, you should save if you go and do a bit of work on this. You should. So, like... People will often say to us, well, how do I know if I'm overpaying? Mm. So the, the indicators of that are, well, if you're on the same plan for five years or more. And, and by the way, Jerry, some people are still on old plans, like, for example, with VHI Health Plus Extra, that's the old plan B options. And also with, with Leia Healthcare, the, the Essential Plus Excess. And also with Irish Life with the Level 2 Hospital Plans. All good plans, but they all cost nearly €3,000 or over 3000 Mm. And I would say to those people, you can get amazing cover for like €1,700, €1,500. So whenever anybody is paying more than 1850 we need to see a clear reason for that. Okay, there should be a clear reason why you're paying that premium. If there isn't, then straight away that, that could indicate overpaying. Also, Jerry, if you have everybody on the same plan. So we will see, for example, mom and dad might be in their late 50s. They could have a 22, 23-year-old, but they have them on the same plan. And, like, and they don't need that level of cover. So there's overpayment there. Also, if any of your listeners have young adults, we say aged 18 to 20, and if they're with Leia Healthcare, be very careful. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some of the old Leia plans charge a full adult rate for an 18-year-old. So you might be paying €2,000 for mom and dad's cover each. Once your 17-year-old turns 18, Leia now charge €2,000 for that 18-year-old. Whereas they have other plans where you can get that 18-year-old insured for €600 for better cover. So if anybody listening, you have an 18, 19, 20-year-old on your Leia plan, check your document. And if you are paying the same cost for the 18-year-old as you are for mom and dad, get on to Leia Healthcare straight away. Ask about a plan called Inspire Plus. It's about €680. It's fantastic cover and it's perfect for somebody of that age. So there's loads of little things there that a good advisor can look at just to make sure that Forget about the increases. Just make sure you're not overpaying in the first instance. Um, and there's lots of times they can save people money and still find them super cover. And here's the crazy thing, Jerry. Lots of times those other better value plans are available from the same insurance company. I mean, that's what some people find really frustrating. And you see, people will say to me, well, why don't they phone me and go through this? Look, it's like every insurance. The insurance companies can't do that. You must phone them. You must put them under pressure before the renewal. You must ask them to find you an alternative lower cost plan uh, that fits your budget. And if you do that, and to be fair to the insurers, if you phone them up and engage like that, you will get a really good deal. And the last thing, Jerry, as well, corporate plans. So you and I have discussed these in the past. People sometimes get confused by these. This is just a generic term to describe the best plans in the market that are designed for all the big company schemes. But one of the good things about the Irish legislation is that every plan on the market is available to every consumer. So, for example, three really good semi-private corporate plans right now that anybody can join, whether they're 26 or whether they're 76. Inspire Plus with Leia Healthcare is about €1,400. The PMI 3513 with VHI is about €1,380. And that Health Guide 2 scheme with Irish Life at the moment is €1,332. And those plans are available to every consumer. So there's plans there to suit everybody. Fantastic. Uh, The Jack Charlton of the health insurance world. Put him under pressure. Yes, Dermot, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. You've been fantastic. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's Dermot. Good there. Check him out. TotalHealthCover.ie Knock, knock. 
knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. This one makes me smile. I've played it before. King of Queens, Doug and Carrie live in Queens. Uh, Carrie's dad, Arthur Spooner, lives with them. In this clip, Doug's at work. He wants to check a message on his answering machine back home. But unfortunately, Arthur's there. Hello. Oh, hey, Arthur. It's me, Doug. What can I do you for? Actually, I was just calling to check the messages off of the machine. So just hang up and I'll, I'll call right back. Gotcha. Arthur, didn't I just ask you not to pick up? No, you said I should hang up and you'd call right back. Okay, what I meant was I wanted the machine to get it, not you. I'm trying to check my messages. You want me to just check them for you? No, no, thank you, no. Last time you did that, you erased all the messages and our outgoing messages and unplugged the lamp. Just let it ring, okay? That's your world. I just live in it. say i'm sorry it's habit oh, well do me a favor break the habit okay i'm running out of freaking change here fine <laughs> yellow arthur what is this some kind of sick little joke i'm sorry i've been answering the phone my whole life you're asking me to undo 75 years of instinct in a moment that is not easy just don't pick up. Fine. I'm going downstairs to lie down. Well, thank you. Yellow. Arthur! Oh, God! What the hell is going on in your head that you keep doing this? I need to understand! the Heffernans. We're not here to take your call, so leave a message. Arthur, are you there? Arthur, I just left the house two seconds ago when you were there. Pick up. Oh, no. I'm not falling for your games, big boy. Arthur, come on, pick up. I, I think I left the oven on and the pilot light is broken. No sale. Arthur! Arthur, come on, man. I know you're there. Pick up the damn phone! Pick up the phone, old man! There's a sunburst Whenever you're near me There's a sunburst Trying to break through And I'll wait Hopefully near you Hoping you Now it's time for Book Club and Late Lunch And she's standing by Irene Gahan From Academy Books in Southgate Shopping Centre Hi again Irene Happy Friday. <laughs> happy Friday. It's always a happy Friday when you're here doing the books. I know the weekend is ahead of us. And what lovely weather for sitting out and having a nice book in your hand and something else besides. Now, Absolutely. your book of the month, I have to say, I am delighted for this woman. Tell them what it is. So the book of the month is No One uh, Said a Thing. No One Saw a Thing. Apologies, Andrea Mara. And it is, I think it's number one uh, as of last it week is. on the bestseller list. It is. Yes, absolutely in Ireland. And um, it's it's basically a domestic noir, um, which is uh, following, I suppose, in Liz Nugent's genre as well. But Andrea Mara seems to really have done extremely well with this one um, so far. And it's every parent's nightmare. <laughs> and I know I have been in this situation before mm. where an Irish lady is over in London for an event and her two kids run ahead, get on the tube... She doesn't make it in time, gets the next platform, one kid gets off. Oh, my, oh, my. And one child, Saiv is, uh, uh, Faye is six years of age and B is two years of age. And it's it's Faye that's gone missing. Yeah, so it's a six-year-old that's gone missing and it's very intricate. There's an awful lot of twists and turns. And I don't want to give, you know, it's very easy to kind of, it's funny because I've been reading reviews lately and I've noticed they're giving away more and more. Oh, yes, yes. And I'm like, no, you want to enjoy the book. Well, this one is certainly one for parents. I'm not sure how many 
parents of two-year-olds and six-year-olds would really want to read this because even if a child goes missing in guns, your heart still goes into a loop. So yeah. this is very intricate, beautifully written, really well written. I mean, she's, she really is an extremely good uh, writer. Um, and this one just unfolds and unfolds and unfolds. And I have to say, I was edge of my seat uh, reading it and going, yep, this this is a good one. This is just definitely going to do very well. Mm, it is. And Andrea, I met first when she uh, became an author with her first book, and she's been with me on a number of occasions subsequently. And I believe we may have her with us next week on the show to talk about this book. It is number one in oh, Ireland. It's terrific. It, it, it is it is gripping. You will turn the pages nonstop. And don't say any more about Irene because I've read it myself. It's simply a brilliant, brilliant book. And I'm delighted you've selected it as Book of the Month. It's No One Saw a Thing by the wonderful Andrea Mara. Now, you've really set the bar high, may I say, this month because the next one we're going to talk about is Juno Loves Legs by Carl Geary. This is a cracker, Irene. It is. It's very good. And I had never come across him before, but he's uh, 50 years old. He's an actor and he wrote a, he wrote one book previously. Um, and I had never... Like, normally you get a kind of an idea of what's coming out, what's coming up. But, uh, you know, I have never gotten over reading um, Boys Don't Cry by uh, Fiona Sinnott. I loved it, loved it so much. But this is kind of similar. Um, in one way, it's similar. In another way, it's set apart. It's I don't know whether I'd describe it as an Irish Shucky Bane, but and, and actually, he endor- the author endorses the book itself. But this is beautiful book. Um, so basically, it's set in a kind of white impoverished area of Dublin in the 1980s. And um, June, and of course, they're in a Catholic school, so we can, you know, we can infer what goes on. And Juno basically is her 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 parents are always at her. She's always in trouble. Um, she she goes out of her way to <laughs> get into trouble. I think in some ways, but it's it's just a beautiful book. And she kind of ends up being friends with this guy called Sean, um, who's called Legs. But in primary school, uh, they she you know they kind of used to have that fighting going on, um, and then he, he they start to st- they literally sort of step up and start kind of looking after each other, um, and they're both bullied um, in in different ways if that makes sense you know by people who are supposed mm. to be looking after them. But and it's funny because I know with boys don't cry I bawled my eyes out, um, and a lot of the, a lot of this book is sad, but it's it's gritty and it's real and it's beautifully written I mean it's lovely written and it's it's you know it's a very us against them um, style novel but I think this will win some major awards down the line I think it's um, it's really well done and it really does uh, I suppose it really does give the the starkness of, of how you know how the 80s were for some people I mean literally didn't have um, a penny to walk together, you know that kind of way, and how they everyone just did what they possibly could. Survive. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's really, I suppose, it's just a special relationship between two teenagers who are, yes. you know, supremely bad damaged with their upbringing, and it might sound like it's really grim and everything, but it's not. It's a beautiful sort of sad, poignant story with some mm. very funny pieces in it as well. So you, there is laughter, but it's one of those books, I think, you know, that will go down with, oh, you have to read this. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you say that you expect that it'll be in the mix yeah. for awards, that's a, a fine endorsement from, from you, Irene, I have to say. it It is a lovely book and people who are reading it are really touched emotionally by it. And as you said, uh, Shuggy Bain, I loved, and Douglas Stewart, if he endorses this book, it's another big kudos, isn't it, for Carl Geary? It's his second book. It is a second book, yeah. And I think it's it's... I'd love to know how long it took him to write it because I just think it's it's superbly written. You know, sometimes you get a book and you kind of go, okay, it's 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 do. You know what I mean? It's it's nice, it's lovely, but this is just lovely, beautifully written. Um, I I really hope it does well for mm. him. I I think it's just it's absolutely lovely and will resonate hugely with an Irish audience. Irene's second pick today in our book club is Juno Loves Legs by Carl Geary. Now your third book today is a debut crime novel by Alice Bell called. Grave Expectations. Now, I've read Great Expectations, but Grave Expectations, what's the story, Irene? Well, this is a debut novel, and I actually, I actually, I just love the title, to be honest. Um, I just thought it was an interesting, an interesting take. So this is basically about Claire, 
Um, she's English and she's a medium. She's not a particularly good medium. <laughs> but she takes on this job from an old friend of hers um, who basically owns an English manor and they're having a family event and they wanted to bring a medium along. Um, but Sophie tags along. So Sophie's um, Claire's friend. Now, um, Sophie uh, is actually a ghost um, who tags along everywhere with Claire and Sophie basically went missing at the age of 17 but only Claire really knows <laughs> what happened. Uh, so Sophie's been haunting Claire ever since so she's the one helping her with being a medium for all intents and purposes. Um, but Alice Bell, it's a really nice, funny, you know, life, you know, kind of pool and plain read, I think I'd call them, uh, book and I, and I have to say I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and it's basically there's a they encounter a spirit when they get to this old sort of Downton Abbey manor with all the family and basically when someone basically someone had died at the last family event, so they set about doing a sort of a murder she wrote on it <laughs> and to find out to find out what had happened. Mm. So it's it's light, it's funny, it's it's nicely written. You know, you're, it's not. You know, you're just going to have fun with it. You know, it's mm. not going to be, uh, not going to win any literary fiction in the sense of of Juno loves legs. But it's definitely, it's a nice read. I'd really recommend it. As a debut, uh, well done to Alice Bell. Grave expectations is Irene's third choice on our book club today. Now, uh, the BBC have uh, issued uh, the definitive list of the 100. <laughs> greatest children's books of all time. Now, they surveyed quite a wide range of people and they've come up with this list. You're familiar, Irene, with it. It's just am, issued in the last few, few days. Many, yeah, is, yeah, is there, looking at their top 10, there's some real classics in there. But if you were to, just for listeners today, classic children's book books, name a couple that you would say, you've got to get your children reading these. Um, I think where the world things are just because it is so iconic and that's the number one um, book and what I think is interesting about the, the list the, the, hundred and, uh, the, the top 100 they, I think they went out to 177 different countries and different mm. people to get this list um, and what I found interesting was a lot of them are very old books um, as opposed to more modern. I mean, there's yes. Neil Gaiman's on it for um, Coraline, but there is a few more modern ones. But the, the traditional ones, where the wild things are, yes, absolutely, you have to read that. But Alice in Wonderland is on it, um, Lewis Carroll, which I loved. Little Women is on it, which I loved. And The Secret Garden is on it, which three my three books I absolutely loved. So there's an awful lot of rolled out. There's an awful lot of classics on it, more so than anything that's, you know, modern, I suppose. Yes. And, and But then, you know, the KPMG Children's Book Awards winners were just announced yesterday and it's just, it's so nice to see kind of, um, you know, new books getting, new children's books getting so much um, attention lately. But I was, yeah, I thought the list was interesting. There was definitely books on that list that I had not come across. Um, and I'm going to make a point of trying to, mm. to to hunt them down, if that makes sense. Yes. But I would have thought Journey to the Centre of the Earth would have been on the list. Yeah, yeah you've favorite. mentioned that many times in the past. But look, <laughs> folks, check it out in the BBC. 100 of the greatest children books of all time, Where the Wild Things Are by Morris Sendak, published in 1963, is actually number one on the list. And the likes of Pippi Longstockings, uh, The Hobbit, uh, The Lion, The Witch and the Wardrobe, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Matilda are all there in the top ten. It's a, It's a fine list indeed. Just before you go, new sponsor for Book Awards. Yes, so the Costa, it was terrible when the Costa pulled out of, the Costa Book Awards is brilliant every year and it really does draw great attention to new Irish and English books. Um, so they they obviously pulled out, but um, Nero, Cafe Nero has stepped in and the Nero Book Club, Nero Awards have been launched now to kind of replace it. Um, and it's for UK and Irish books. So it's, Good. Really, really good. It's a great thing. It's, it's really, really good. It's great because when I know when Costa, there was an awful lot of disappointment when Costa him had to pull out and they cancelled the book, yes. uh, those book awards. So it's great. They're I mean, back. Look, any book awards for books across the board absolutely are welcome. welcome. They are welcome. Academy Books, Southgate Shopping Centre on the south side of Drada. Irene and the crew there would be only too happy to help you. Until next time, Irene Gahan, thank you so much. Absolutely, thank you. Take care. That's Irene Gahan there reviewing our books for us on Book Club. 
We've been talking about it through the week here on LMFM Radio, but the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre are bringing the Vicky Phelan campaign and portrait exhibition to the Barbican Centre in Drogheda this evening, 7 o'clock start, open to the public free, and again tomorrow, 10.30am to 1 o'clock in the Barbican too. And one of the panellists this evening joins me now on the show. She is a founding member of 221 Plus and a cancer survivor herself, and I'm delighted to say hello to her this afternoon. Lorraine Walsh, thank you for joining me. Good afternoon, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, and how are you? Good, thanks, good. I'm I'm en route to Drogheda at the moment from Galway, so... um just pulled in for to take the call. Good on you. Anyway, Vicky Phelan certainly touched your life because when it was when you saw Vicky Phelan on the television back in 2018, wasn't it, that you realised I'm involved here myself? So, um, yeah, of, of course, I suppose everybody looked at Vicky the day she settled her case in the High Court and, and um, was inspired by her and her courage, I suppose, to stand up against everything and... and signed the non-disclosure agreement which which kicked everything off um, and I suppose looking at it and seeing a woman that has cervical cancer and similarly like myself I had years prior to diagnosis and I, I wondered myself then could, could this have happened to me as well um, and the following day I got a call to say that yes I was one of the at the time 221 women <coughs> that had uh, smears prior to their diagnosis that could have been picked up if the cancer could have been picked up in an earlier stage it was a missed opportunity so um, I suppose that, that's when very shortly after that that I got to know Vicky uh, when I got involved myself uh, as a patient advocate mm. um, what, what, what implications has it had for, for you and your life? For me, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2012 and I was 34 at the time, uh, just after getting married and we had been hoping to have a family. Um, after I found out that I had cancer, I had to go through a number of surgeries, which were, they were trying to preserve my fertility uh, because I was so young and because I didn't have a family, but unfortunately that was not successful. So I look at, I'm, I'm cancer free, but it has meant that my husband and I haven't been able to have the children that we really wanted to have in our lives. And I suppose it, it changed what our future, we thought our future would be. We thought our future would be getting married and having a family and watching them grow up. And and I suppose, we, you know, that after that, it, we realised that that wasn't going to happen. And it, it really did change everything for us, you know. Um, but we, I suppose we tried to pick ourselves up and move on and put it down to fate. Mm. Um, and then in 2018, when we found out that actually the cancer could have been pre-cancer cells could have been picked up at an earlier stage, and my cancer could have been diagnosed at an earlier stage, which would have meant that maybe I, I would have been able to have a family. So you have to process the whole thing over again and realise that it wasn't fate; it was actually somebody that you know let let me down and let all the other women down. Uh, our smears weren't right correctly, and you know it was. It changed the course of of, of all of the women's lives, mm. uh, some more than others. You know, people like Ruth Morrissey and Vicky, of course, and yeah. uh, other women um, that have lost their lives. You know, ultimately, their, their families are left behind without mothers. Their husbands are left without their wives. Um, so, look, at, I'm I'm very grateful to be alive. But you know, I. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I still have, I still have the scars of it. I have lymphedema, which is a, a swelling in my legs um, that I, I deal with every day. It's, it's, it's very debilitating. But look, at the same time, I am grateful to be alive and you know, I suppose the important thing is, um, yes, it, you know, the cervical check program did let me and other women down, but a lot of changes have been made to it in the in the interim, thanks to Vicky and mm. and other women, including myself uh, and Stephen Jeep, um, that was involved in ensuring that this wouldn't happen again. So I suppose while it, it wasn't a system fit for purpose at one stage, it is now a system that is much improved. And you know, I always say, I always encourage. Young women, older women, listen to your body, look at your body. If you feel something isn't right, go and get it checked. If you haven't had your smear done, go and, and see if you're due a smear. If if you have bleeding, if there's problems that doesn't seem right, you know, go and get it checked. Talk to your GP, talk to your practice nurse. Um, because I know they're, they're not pleasant things to have, mm. smear tests. I know you haven't had one, but... Yes, <laughs> yes. But they're not pleasant. But I at know. the same time, they're over in a couple of minutes and it could save your life. Mm. Oh, look at uh, procedures and, uh, and and this is one of them for sure. But by God, as you say there, it could be life-saving. Do you ever wake up in the mornings or go to sleep at night and scream with anger and, you know, regret or, you know, that you're mad as hell with the world and the people that let you down? Oh, absolutely. And I suppose especially, like, since I found out the last five years, I was actually had a conversation with Stephen Teep just, just before you, um, and Stephen lost his wife because of cervical check. Um, and, you know, both of us, we became patient advocates and we worked with the systems to try and change things. It was some of the most frustrating times of our lives, um, realising that all of this could have been avoided. Um, so, yes, there's been many sleepless nights, um, but as, as I say, you know, what can you do? Only you have to try and get on with it and get past it and get psychological help and, and you know, figure that at least now that hopefully this will not happen to other women again. And that is the most important thing because it could have been avoided. That That's the sad part about it. The Vickies of this world and and the other women that have passed away could be alive if the system that was put in place was put in correctly, and and the the the, the auditing procedures and everything around that were done properly. So mm. uh, yes, it's it's very frustrating, and you know I got to know a lot of women uh, through two two one that that have lost their lives, but so many of them are really struggling that are still alive. Like you have women that have double incontinence, you have women with lymphedema, you have women that can't have children, you have women that can't have sex anymore. So, the, the, you know, it is, even though to, from the outside, cervical cancer, you can't see anything, but it really changes women inside um, in so many different ways. Um, so it's, it's not a nice cancer to get. No, certainly, certainly not. Yeah, uh, you're you're heading for the uh, Drogheda and the Barbican Centre, the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. Of course, wonderful people here in the northeast are hosting the Vicky Feeling campaign and portrait exhibition. You are one of the panelists tonight, so folks, if you can get along to the Barbican, uh, we're only scratching the surface with this great woman here today. Uh, she'll be there this evening, along with other guests as well. For for our listeners today, what do you hope this? you know, brings to the Barbican Centre in Drogheda tonight, to the people who attend? Um, I suppose I want to bring Vicky's wishes. Uh, Vicky isn't here to carry forward her wishes anymore, but Vicky wanted to inspire others to, I suppose, stand up for themselves, um, ask the questions. If you don't feel something is right, you know, push for more answers. Um, but be your own advocate, um, and that's, you know what I say. If, if you're prepared to fight for somebody else, fight for yourself. More importantly, um, so you know it's it's not it's not um, impossible to do. 
um, and you know, go with your gut, and and that's what she always said, and I, I agree with her. It's, you can't always take no for an answer, and sometimes you have to push to, to get to get the support and the help that you need. Yes. So that's what I would say, especially to young people. Um, I suppose you know, Vicky was a great woman for education and inspiring younger people, and to me. This is what I would like to see coming out of it as, as, as for the future is that younger people would look and, and, and say, right, well, Vicky has inspired me to, to push for answers and not just in your health, but in your entire life mm. um, and, and to be an advocate for yourself in, in all the facets of your life. Yes, we are traditionally in accepting people, but questioning, we found out we must. We must always through our lives. You're a great woman, I have to say, Lorraine, because you hold down a day job. You advocate for so many people. You have the health issues you told us about there. And of course, you have a relationship to look after as well. You must sleep well. I actually don't. Do you not? No, no. Yeah. Um, I used to be a person that slept very well, but in the last few years, I, I don't sleep well. Right. Look, at it's, you know, I think you need peace of mind for, for sleeping well. Yeah. And unfortunately, that hasn't, it hasn't been very peaceful in the last few years. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, trying to, to um, be involved in change and changing the system um, can be very difficult. Um Advocacy is is not an easy task, um, and and changing, you know, the culture of an organisation, and and I suppose ensuring that they acknowledge what happened in the past and and learn from it and move on can be difficult. So it has been frustrating um, by times, you know. Yes, um, yes, I hear. But look, it's, we have to we have to keep going. Yep. And, and and that's a, again why you know we 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 try and inspire the future of this country, the young people of this country to support each other and support themselves. Yes, well said, well said. Well, listen, I'll let you back to your journey from the west to the east coast. Uh, Safe journey over and back tomorrow and reminding everybody again, the Barbican Centre, Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre, sponsoring the Vicky Phelan campaign and portrait exhibition tonight, 7 o'clock start, doors open at 6 o'clock and again in the morning from 10.30am till lunchtime. It's been a pleasure, Lorraine. Thanks very much. Good luck tonight. Take care of yourself now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lorraine Walsh there. Wonderful, wonderful lady. It's always a great Friday on Late Lunch when Rick Cronje comes to call. Welcome back to the show, Rick. Thanks very much, Jerry. Good to see you this afternoon again. And of course, he comes with bottles of joy. And we always say alcohol in moderation and sensibly. Now, our wines today come from McGuinness Wines in Dundalk and a big thank you to a good friend and supporter, Alan McGuinness. And I want to wish him continued success in his new location in Stapleton Court. You've been in, have you? Uh, a few times, Jerry. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Sorry, I, I'm but, yeah. a bit facetious there. Of course he's been in, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. he's a great guy, Alan. Absolutely. Great supporter. Yes. In a lovely spot now, mm. Stapleton Court opposite the uh, Tesco there. So uh, free parking. And believe it or not, he's got the beauty spa on one side. He's got the hairdresser, the flower shop. <laughs> you can make a spa day out of selecting your wines. <laughs> My God, Rick, you have the marketing gene in you for sure, bringing all of those oh, things together. All complementing each other, we have to say. But uh, good luck to Alan in Stapleton Court. And do give him a shout. He's an independent man there, McGuinness Wines in Dundalk. Now, what we're doing, just to remind listeners in this series, Rick is picking a, a grape and we're comparing the grape uh, grown in the Northern Hemisphere and the bottle of wine to the grape grown in the Southern Hemisphere and the bottle of wine as well. And today you've gone red. Gone red, uh, Jerry, and we've gone what I like to st- to recommend to people who are trying to, you know, enjoy red wine, the Merlot. Merlot. Beautiful grape. Um, soft compared to others, very uh, palatable and very adaptable to the different terroirs as well. Mm. And often used as a blend, Rick. Very much so for that, in particular, the colour to it and that softness, and in particular with Cabernet Sauvignon, which is a very strong grape, and then the Merlot goes with it just to tone it down a bit. Beautiful. When you look at it across the world, uh, we have a wine from France today and another from Chile, and it's prominent in France. But when you, you've you given me the figures here, my God, it's top of the pops, nearly top of the charts, isn't it? It is number two. Yeah. yeah. And again, because it's, uh, it's more for the blending, obviously, yeah. rather than the individual. But yeah, 
it's uh, 266,000 hectares. It's a lot of terror. <laughs> I wouldn't mind taking a hectare <laughs> or two myself. I'm sure those others wouldn't either. Yeah. Um, the grape is interesting because of yeah. the colour of the grape and the size, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's you know, the berry, as we call it, yeah. is quite big compared mm. to others, you know, and it's a, a lovely loose bunch. And that's important in, in the terroir and the microclimate because if you've got a very tight Mm. A bunch, then you susceptible to diseases yes, and fungi yes. and that. And there's so, a blue hue, isn't there, off yes, this grape? Yes, there is in the skin and in the colour. You mm. know, so it's 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 yeah, it's it's very attractive. Yes, very so attractive. Let's uh, have a little sample and see how attractive it is because we start yeah. today in the northern hemisphere. Your first wine is Rick. Yes, it's from France in the Burgundy region there, and it's the Bouchard uh, Enyefis. Um, beautiful bottle and one of the few where you will see that the uh, label is engraved on the bottle it's as beautiful. well. It is. It is very unique. When you very quaff unique. this, keep the bottle. Oh, do Absolutely. keep the bottle. It's beautiful. Don't recycle. I'm just looking at it here on the desk uh, yeah. with Rick. So 2021 yes. Merlot uh, from McGuinness Wine Staple in Court in Dundalk. And it's on special offer at the moment. It's on special. Uh, 13 euro. Uh, Good abs- deal. Oh, unbelievable, uh, Jerry. If you think... You know, the way prices are mm. uh, these days. Yeah, And the Bouchard uh, family, Burgundy, they're there since 1731. So they know yeah. a bit about this game. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Like many French uh, families, been there for centuries, you know, mm. and and very much so, you know. And, and they actually were part of the originally, uh, uh, you know, part of the silk route. They traded in fabric. Yes. And then they started exporting wines and then eventually they ended up, today they have something like 130 hectares of their own, but the business is still there to to market, export, for bottling, etc. Yes. So let's let's have a little look at this one for the start of the day. Thank you, Rick. And just a little sip for me on the air just to... Oh, it's a lovely nose. Oh, and it's not too intense, is it? No, it's rather it's shy, lovely, Jerry. Yeah. yeah, and what I liked about it as well, if you look at it and just tilt it slightly, it's almost like a clear ring right on the edge I see it. of it. You know? I actually see that. Yeah, yeah. Look at it, right yeah. round. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can beautiful. tell you, it's beautiful. I've just taken it. It's, oh my God, it's... Um, it's the touch dry, I would say that. Yeah, yeah it is it a touch has, dry. There's it no there, but the fruit fruit comes fruit, through, doesn't it? Does. It? It does, yeah. Jerry. Now, it takes a bit of time, but it does yeah. uh, come through on the palate there. Oh, it's beautiful. And, um, it really I, is lovely. Now, I, you could drink, I'm just saying, this is my yep. opinion, you could have a glass by itself. Yes. Couldn't you? Yes, you could. You could, Jerry, because I, now, I don't know if I picked up the hint of chocolate or whether it's my craving overtaking my senses there, but I thought there was a touch of chocolate somewhere in the background there. I think it's your cravings. But anyway, <laughs> what do I know? I, I'm, I'm not the best to pick up anything from it, to be honest with you. But you could yeah. drink this by itself. But if you yeah. were to match, what would you, again, you always do this, what would you match yeah, with that? I, I would, you know, uh, grilled chicken, uh, something grilled, lamb, mm. pork, something on the lighter side there, mushrooms. Lovely. I think, I think it'll do lovely with Great. mushrooms. And then, you know, uh, a mix of, of meat, uh, meat. We call it a grazing platter. <laughs> Put it out there, you know. But I, I'd love it. I'd, I'd love to try with uh, blue and cheddar cheeses. Lovely. I think, so I think a wide much. variety there. A very wide. But grilled very chicken, wide. lamb, pork or whatever yeah. and mushrooms, definitely a match for yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. it's France and it's yeah. a Merlot 2021 13 year on special offer from Alan McGuinness at McGuinness Wines in Dundalk and Stapleton Court. Bouchard, pronounce it there, Bouchard? Yeah, uh, it's the uh, Bouchard and the Eni Effis. Okay, that's oh, it. Did- just tell him the one on Just LMFM. Tell him the one on LMFM. The first one on LMFM, and, and, and Alan will know. No, that's the northern hemisphere. So yes. now we head to Chile in the south, and again yeah. we're looking at the Merlot grape here. Your wine yeah. picked from Chile? Yeah, it's from the uh, Chile, the Central Valley now. Lazo uh, Merlot twenty twenty one again thirteen euro on special offer as well. Yeah, and Undaraga is uh, the the name there, and uh, again. Uh, Tremendous history going back to 1885 when they first started. And uh, this particular Undaraga was the first uh, Chilean winery to export to America. 
you know. Um, and that goes back to 1903. So they so are I, there 120 yeah. years at this stage. Yes. Uh, and the production has ramped up decade on decade, hasn't it? They're producing a lot of wine there now. Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous success for them. Uh, 30,000 in 1940, 1960, half a million bottles. Uh, today they cover 1,350 hectares in total. Massive. Massive. 20 um, million litres per annum, Rick. Yes. Not just of this one, but of a range yeah, of wines. a whole range. There. A whole range, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, very, very big uh, organisation. OK, let's have a, a little uh, timble full of this one as well and see what I make of it. Now, it's a deeper colour wine. Yes. Is it, am I right there? Even yeah, looking absolutely. at the two. It's a yeah. deeper red in this one. Um, yeah. Mm, now, there's a different fruit in there. What is it? Yeah, I. It's not the black currant no, or no, it's black currant or uh, blackberry or, or that type of comparison. What is it? No, what, I, what's I, in I, it? I think it's heading a little bit towards strawberry cherry. Yes, maybe. yes, I think it, I have you there touch for of sure. Sweeter. Uh, yeah, things. yeah. Let's oh, have a little oh, taste oh, no. of this one. It's amazing. Two Merlots. Yeah, same year. Same year. Different hemispheres. Yeah. This one in the south, the other one in the north, and quite different. Totally, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Totally, you'd never. Totally. You'd say that nearly was a different wine. If yeah, you, were, you would. If do. you were blind you tested, would. oh, you wouldn't you would. say. You, you wouldn't. You know, yeah. if you opted for the first one as a Merlot, blind tasting, you'd say, mm, "Jeepers, that's a different wine there yeah. altogether." Yeah. It's. I like it. There's there's timber in there. Oh, is there? Yeah. There's some touch of wood on the aftertaste there, uh, Jerry. Now I don't think there was wood on it. I suspect yeah. that there was, you know, when you when you crush them, destalk them, the it was left in to okay. create yes. that yes. flavour. Oh, Rick, it's really it. nice. It's really nice. Now, <laughs> now I would say I, I could also enjoy a glass of that by itself. Yes. Am I pushing it saying that there? But no. I think I could. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, Merlot, as I say, is is not a particularly strong uh, variety on its own. It's it's sort of middle of the road. Um, I personally would, I, I'll enjoy, always enjoy the first yes. glass, probably the second one. Uh, but I think by the third one, you'll be looking for food. <laughs> you'll be looking for food and plenty of water as well. Yes. You will need along with it. But yes. uh, what would you say? And I agree with you. So what would you match that with then? Slightly yeah, different I, to the first one? Yeah, I, I think so. Because for me, that slight woodiness at the end will push me in a different direction okay. food wise I think spaghetti and meatballs would be something now you're you talking. know yeah uh, a lasagna a meatloaf even beef burgers something with a bit more uh, flavour to it maybe even a bit of spiciness it will handle that yes. whereas the first one I'd rather have that as uh, you know an aperitif yes whereas the second one I think yeah it's pushing me towards the food mm, definitely there but it's a cracking wine it's from Chile Lazo Merlo uh, Unduraga is that an Unduraga Unduraga yes is uh, the wine we're talking about today year 2021 again 13 euro on special offer and if you call into Alan Alan McGuinness at McGuinness Wines in Dundalk stable in Gort he'd be delighted to chat to you about uh, the pair of wines we have today would you um, I, I ask you this about reds from time to time open the bottle pour it drink it straight away is that okay with both of these? I think with both of these, it will, uh, Jerry, because it's a light wine. Yes. You know, um, in the variety. I would have thought that the first one, the Boucher, I, uh, I would leave that one open because it's still cork in it. Yes. And uh, I just thought that one will do with not long, 15, yes. 20 minutes. Mm. And uh, even when I tasted it uh, this morning for breakfast it <laughs> which is by the way the best time to do wine tasting and you think he's joking this man doesn't joke he's dead serious um, <laughs> with his cornflakes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Shows you. yeah 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 it 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 definitely wasn't as sharp as it was yeah, yesterday there you go. anyway yeah, there you go. breakfast dinner or tea rick cronji is the man for the wines uh, rick thank you so much and again thank you to alan mcginnis and mcginnis wines in dundalk for supporting us on the wine feature on late lunch we do appreciate it thank you rick we'll enjoy the merlots north or south be they 
over the next few weeks and we'll see you again please God in the mid-month the month of June you will do Jim thanks for joining me Rick thank you let's have another listen to our TV theme well, we're moving on Good on you all. I'm more than surprised the amount of people who got it right. Yes, that is the classic Jefferson's, the Jefferson's TV theme. And our prize today on Late Lunch goes to John Conlon. Well done to you, John. Got it right and many others as well. And thanks to everybody who uh, sent us in an answer here to the Late Lunch this afternoon. Now, time for this. Five, four, three, two... One. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one from this very week in 1979. And I have the album, would you believe? The track is taken on vinyl, by the way, from the 1978 album called Parallel Lines by Blondie, of course. And the song itself was inspired by Debbie Harry's cat, who was called Sunday Man. The song is Sunday Girl, but the cat was Sunday Man who'd recently ran away. They didn't know where the cat was, but that was the inspiration behind it. And they were on the crest of a wave at the time, Blondie, because their previous single was a huge number one, Heart of Glass. Anyway, they released this one and it went to number one this week in 1979. It's Blondie and Sunday Girl. Blondie, our number one in my top five countdown from this week in 1979 with Sunday Girl. Timeless classic and I'll uh, pick up another top five for you for next week starting on Monday. Heading to the final break of the day on Late Lunch and afterwards I'm joined by our very own David Sheehan to preview the weekend in sport. David Sheehan stands by to look at the weekend in sport. Hi David. Hi Jerry. Let's begin tonight with the League of Ireland and are you at uh, Weavers Park this evening for the Drogheda UCD indeed. game? Well David, what do I say about last week? What a win against Shamrock Rovers. Two of the best goals I've seen in a long time. In particular one of them I'd say was team goal of the season. Um, an incredible win but it was coming for Drogheda wasn't it? They threatened it but just couldn't get the goals. Yeah, they'd been, I think it was seven games without a win. And ironically enough, well, not ironically enough, but just a, a quirk of the way the results have gone. Their last win was against Derry City away um, before that game last week against Shamrock Rovers. And I think it's 2014 since they last beat Shamrock Rovers in the league away from home. So incredible performance. And, you know, yeah, they only had 23% possession, possession last week, but that's going to happen against teams like Shamrock Rovers. And Kevin Doherty after the game said, you know, we, we came here with a plan. We knew we were going to have to give up a lot of possession, but we defended really well. And they did. And the goal that Shamrock Rovers even got was a lucky break in the box that they finished in close range. So Drogheda set up really well, took their chances when they got them. The first goal was a breakout as well, really. Freddie Draper did so well to uh, basically kind of turn Sean Hoare and, and stick it into the far corner. The second goal, as you mentioned, a brilliant move out of defence. And then Luke Heaney puts a brilliant ball across for Dale Rooney to finish. So, an extraordinary performance, an extraordinary game. And now against UCD tonight, which I suppose is the bread and butter of the league for Drogheda United. It's all well and good going getting wins against Derry and Shamrock Rovers. And that's brilliant, obviously. But, you know, you'd kind of want to see them winning against the likes of Cork, yeah. who are next. Next game for them at home and UCD tonight. Now, UCD are... They're, they're, sec- they're rock bottom of the table. They've only won once all season. But with the exception of a couple of games against Derry and maybe one or two other games, they haven't been getting routinely hammered. Um, so they're, they're always a tricky enough proposition for Drogheda. Uh, like Drogheda beat them last year 4-2 the first day, I think, at home. And then they lost to them late in the season. I think there were a couple of draws in there as well. So they've never had you know easy an easy time for it against UCD. However, this UCD team this year, they've lost the likes of Liam Kerrigan, Colin Whelan, Thomas Lonergan, who you saw in the flesh last year in that mm. game at, uh, at Weavers Park. So... They don't seem to have the talent that they've had in recent seasons, and I think it looks like they're they're all. But you know, it'd be it'd be uh, expecting a lot of them to get off that bottom spot. But I think Drogheda tonight they still have a few players out, but 
they would be confident after last week's results of getting the win. But how often have we seen teams go out perform brilliantly against a top side and then slip up against yes. a lesser side? But I'd be confident and I'd be hopeful that Drogheda, even without the, the likes of the players are still missing, Gary Deegan is suspended as well, that they should have enough. If they if they go about it in the right way and their attitude is right, and, and it always is with them in fairness, that they should be able to get all three points there. Dundalk are at St. Pat's and John Daly has been appointed manager there. He was number two to Tim Clancy. They've given him the reins now. What about this one? Yeah, three wins in five since John Daly came in. Obviously, the first few of those were as caretaker and now he's gotten the job on a on a permanent basis, which I think a lot of Pats fans were had, had mixed emotions about because obviously he was involved with, with Tim, as you said, and sometimes managers, when they go, there's a bit of a clean sweep happens at the club and sometimes supporters like to see that and sometimes players indeed like to see that. But you never quite know what goes on behind the scenes. Oftentimes an assistant manager might have very different ideas to the manager, but he doesn't have the voice or he doesn't feel like he can maybe express it as he would like. So... Yeah, they've, they've done well, Pats. I saw them a couple of weeks ago against Strahda. They were a little bit fortunate that night, even though it ended 3-0. Dundalk, for their part, had won four games on, on the spin and were looking really good. Then they went up to Derry on the Monday a couple of weeks back and got a bit of a shellacking that night. And then they threw away a two-goal lead against Bohemians last week. I know they have a couple of players back from injury tonight, but I think it's going to be a tricky enough assignment for uh, for Dundalk. And, you know, as I said, they had a good run there. It kind of came to an end recently. And they'll be disappointed with the way that game went last week where they, where they threw away that lead because they had that under control. Um, and that was a bit of a blow for them. But tonight, Pats, I wasn't hugely impressed with them, even though they got that win against Strata. So I would say at least at least a point for Dundalk in this one and if they can perform the levels they were at before that little bump in the road recently then they could pick up all three up there Good stuff now to the Premier League final weekend of the season all the business done at the top at this stage it's all about the relegation and ironically the three sides there's two down already sorry there's one down already Southampton two to join them the three sides threatened with relegation are all at home Leicester play West Ham Leeds take on Spurs and Everton face Bournemouth all the games on Sunday now Everton have to be in the box seat if they win they're safe will they win? Um. Oh, it's so hard to call Everton, but it's against Bournemouth. Like again, you're always looking at these fixtures at the end of the season, and if a team has a, ga- a game against another team that are safe or on the beach, as they as they say in, in football parlance, you'd always back them. Everton, you know, at home against a team that have nothing to play for in Bournemouth, you'd have to fancy them to, to stay up, and they'll be extremely fortunate if they do. You and I, Jerry, are old enough to remember them getting out of jail against Wimbledon on the last day of the season, mm. way back in the nineties, when Barry Horn fired one in from distance and Hans Sager as well. There were a few allegations flying around with that one at the time, which were never <laughs> proven. But uh, we won't get into that right uh. now. But yeah, so I think Everton should be okay. But you know, Bournemouth have been going quite well at the moment, and they won't want to, you know, roll over either. But if you're looking at it, Everton, Bournemouth, Leeds, Leeds against Spurs. I mean, Spurs, you wouldn't be backing them to pick up much no. there either. But as you said, the, t- the key thing is Everton's destiny is in their own hands, and if they get the win, they'll be safe. And I think they will just about do enough. You know, even a draw might be enough for them. Yeah. Um, but a win definitely keeps them safe. Keeps and I them. think. They'll be they'll be dancing on the pitch at Goodison Park as they were all those years ago. Yeah, they'll want to because the new stadium opens next year and they'll want to be in the Premier League. So Leicester and Leeds doomed according to David. Now let's move to GAN. Louth, after that pulverising by Dublin, are out in the round one of the All-Ireland Series against Cork in Navin tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Mayo and Kerry also in the group to come. David, mm. they've got to win this if they're going to keep their hopes alive of going on in the season. Yeah, and for people that aren't familiar with this group stage, three teams go 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 through. So you're you're playing a lot of football across these groups to just lose four teams, which is uh, something that's been criticised. However, the other side of it is what we had with the Super 8s a couple of years ago where you had a lot of dead rubber matches in the last round. So that's what the GA were trying to avoid. But certainly, Loud beat Cork in the league. Of course, people remember that. Um, this is a must win for them because, you you know, with all due respect, it would be hard to picture Loud beating Mayo and, or Kerry. Mm. Um to, to come any higher in the table than third. So this feels like it's a real battle for third place. The pulverising that you mentioned against Dublin, I think Dublin's dominance in Leinster is so great now that I think teams just almost have to put that out of their mind and say, look, they're on another level. That's going to happen. And it happened to, it's happened to Mead year in, year out for the last few years. Now, whether it's that simple is another story, but I think Loud have to realise they were up against a team there that are you know, just a, a generational team and have so much quality, not just on the on the starting 15, but on the bench as well. So if Lau can just park that and put it to one side and focus on the court game, uh, which I'm sure they have done, and they've had a couple of weeks now to get over that Leinster, fi- or that, yeah, that Leinster final, beat Cork in the league, so they've nothing to fear. They're playing at a Navin, which is a ground that they played really well against Westmead in that second half, and they're very familiar with them through the years as well, and they've had some good results there too. 
They'll have a huge home crowd. I can't or a huge, I say home, home in Navin, but a mm. huge loud support there. Can't imagine too many people travelling up from Cork for it. Um, obviously, a few people might be living in the capital here that are going to go to it, but I'd imagine Loud will have a huge amount of support at that one. And I think if they can put that result against Dublin aside, um, I'd back them to get the win here. I think they're they're going to realise themselves that this is the this is the game they have to win. And um, you know, you win this one, you can go into the other two games. Assuming Mayo and Kerry also beat Cork, it's a bit of a free hit. But yeah, I think Cloud will will bounce back from that defeat against Dublin and, and you know show that the show the form they showed in the league and earlier in the championship. And I think they'll they'll squeak through this one by a couple of points. But it's going to be really tight. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be mm. a really exciting game against two very evenly matched sides. Three o'clock tomorrow, Navin here on LMFM Radio and Mead Ladies in the Leinster final against Dublin. Yeah, they are, and uh, Oral Lally's back, named in the in the starting fifteen. Avian Cleary limped out of the game against Leash, but she starts as well. Vicky Wall has been back obviously for a little while; hasn't quite hit the heights just yet, but probably still readjusting, and you know maybe just getting the fitness back to full strength as well. Mead, you know, they they were narrowly beaten by Dublin earlier in this Leinster Championship. It's around Robin, of course, and then they beat Leash reasonably comfortably, but Dublin absolutely hammered Leash. And the worry I'd have for Mead is they haven't been scoring goals; they didn't really score too many during the league, if I recall correctly, and they didn't score any against Leash who they should have been able to... They did beat comfortably, but you would have expected them to get a few goals in that game. Dublin put three, think, I think, past Leash and a load of points as well. So they they were firing that day. But Mead just have been struggling to get goals. And I think they're going to certainly need at least one if they're going to get past Dublin uh, at the weekend. Now, you know, they haven't been on in the greatest of form this year. They struggled a bit in the league. But, you know, this is where it kind of counts now. A Leinster final and then you're into an All-Ireland series after that. So this is a time for Mead to sort of show what they're made of. And I... I expect them to give a really big performance right. um, on Sunday, and I'm going to I'm going to back them to get the win because I think they're I think they're just about probably ready to hit top gear. So let's keep our fingers crossed for that. Please God, they will. We're going to leave it there today, David. Don't forget League of Ireland football tonight with David from Weavers Park, Drogheda UCD, and Adrian at St Pat's and Dundalk. Until next week, thanks, David. Thanks, Jerry. Take care of yourself, our David Sheehan, there, presenter of Sunday Sport. That's it on late lunch for another week. Big thank to, big thank you to my producer Louise Walsh. Couldn't do it without her. She's here all day today. She's very quiet. She's confirmation the weekend. Oh, she's looking great. Yeah, the tan is on and everything. Watch this space. Anyway, thanks, Louise. Thanks to all our guests who joined us during the week, and to you, our listeners, who are with us every day. We love your company. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Enjoy the beautiful weekend. Take care, but. Do come back and join us for Monday's Late Lunch from 1.30. See you then. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan.